Hello and welcome into the Non-Negotiable Podcast. I'm Gavin and I'm here tonight with Justin. How you doing, Jazz? Hey, Gav. Hey, mate. All right. Well, let's uh, go over the game from the sporting game where we crashed out of Europe. Um, before we start, though, let's uh, do our ever-popular Who Am I game. Jazz, are you, uh, you ready for this one? I am. All right. I think I'm going to get you with this one. So it's a player that played for Arsenal and Crystal Palace. So who am I? I started my career with Kettering Town and I moved to Nuneaton Borough. I then moved to Northampton Town before moving to Crystal Palace, for whom I played 147 league games. I moved to Arsenal, playing 38 games before moving to Manchester City. I then went on loan to Stockport County before finishing my career at Corby Town. Who am I? Any ideas, Jazz? Not off the top of my head, no. It's a it's a tough one. I don't know that you're going to get this one, but we'll we'll come back at the end. You've got some thinking time. Um, Paz isn't with us tonight, but I've uh, I've I've sent Paz the message, so we'll see if uh, we'll see if he comes back with an answer. So okay, let's get uh, let's get into the meat of this. So Thursday night we crash out of the Europa League, three three, losing five three on or four three on penalties with the fifth one didn't need to be taken. Um. It's a blow to be out of a competition because you never want to be out. But in the main, I'm not sure it's that bad a thing. So let's start at the very beginning, just the lineup. Were you surprised? I know that you and Pass didn't think that that uh, Jesus would start. I actually did think he would start. But were there any surprises there? Because we went pretty strong. Yeah, I would say my my biggest surprise probably was that Jesus was in the starting lineup. Um, you know, I mean, looking back, I guess that's not even that unusual, but I, I thought it might just be a little too early for him to start. Uh, so I was a bit surprised there. Everything else, I think, made quite a bit of sense, though, to be honest. Um, you know, I was glad to see Reese back in. Um, I, I figured we'd go strong, you know, because uh, going into it tied 2-2, you know, it's 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 we've got to win it um, or, you know, try. <laughs> um, so no, I don't think there was any major surprises there. No, I, I was kind of hoping ESR would get a start having, you know, not got on at the weekend and we haven't seen a lot of him. Um, I did think, and hindsight's a wonderful thing, but I did say on the last pod, I, I kind of expected Saliba to take a rest and I thought holding <laughs> would start. And that was simply because Gabrielle had, had a rest in the away leg. Right. So I thought maybe it was Saliba's turn. But obviously that didn't happen. But I don't think there was any complaints about the starting lineup from anyone. It was kind of what we expected. It was strong while still rotating. We made five changes from the weekend. But it really did look like a rotated side, didn't it? I mean, it was very disjointed. There was a lot of misplaced passes and we really didn't get to grips with the game at all, barring five minutes either side of the goal. Yeah, it wasn't a good performance. Um, and it's hard to pinpoint exactly why. You know, I mean, we've talked off air, you know, about a couple players standing out with uh, with poor performances. Um, but you're right. This was this was a, a pretty big group effort of of uh, of disappointment. <laughs> um, it did seem very disjointed and and um, yeah, just a bit of a mess out there, really. It did, and, and over the two legs, I mean, I, I think you, you're hard-pressed to say we deserve to go through, really. I thought Sporting had the better chances over the two legs, although we did have some chances late on, and 
at the end of the day, their goalkeeper could have been man of the match in both games. He certainly was last night, that's for sure. He was good, but, yeah. But it, it, it's still hard to say we, we deserve to go through. Um, you know, we've got our noses in front here. And for, as I said, for five minutes either side of the goal, I thought we looked pretty good. But we were never really in control. I thought the shape that Sporting set up with that three at the back with the man sitting in front, they just seemed to, to be... They just seem to be everywhere, didn't they? They seem to always be always be spare. Yeah, whatever. I mean, I think it was a 3-4-3 three, three, uh, technically. But yeah, whatever they were. I mean, they were almost in like a low block, but 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 pressing us still all over the place. Uh, they, they they nailed the tactics, I think. You know, they, kind of, they smothered us. Um, but I will say uh, they deserve a lot of credit, but... None of the Arsenal players to me looked like they were moving above like 70%. Um, maybe Martinelli and Jesus being the only two exceptions, but everybody else just looked kind of languid and slower than usual. Like they were all kind of, you know, trying to contain a little bit. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I tell you what, let's, let's, let's get the goals. Let's, let's talk about the goals real quick and just go through them. And then we'll get on to what I think are the more interesting parts of the game. But okay. So, our goal, it was a good ball over the top by Jorginho, who yeah. I thought had a torrid night, but he played a couple of good passes. Uh, and this was kind of one of them, although it kind of wasn't, because I think it should have been cut out by the defender who missed it and then slipped. Yeah. Uh, Martinelli goes through, wasn't the greatest shot. Adam pushes it out in front of him and Jack is there to to finish. And I, I actually thought Jack was probably our best player on the night. Um but at that point, you're kind of thinking, well, we've had a rough start. It's been sloppy, but we've got the goal now. We're in control, right? It's going to be okay. Yeah. Um, I figured if we could get the lead on this one, we would probably, yeah, be in control, like you mentioned. Um, <clears throat> but that really didn't happen. Uh, still disjointed, still struggling. Um I wouldn't really even say the play picked up that much more uh, a, a few minutes after the goal. Sure. You know, I, I feel like we, we were kind of carried by the momentum, but we kind of fell back into playing pretty poorly again. Yeah, it was, it was strange the way that happened. And, and their goal was, was like, was it in a microcosm? Jorginho was slow getting across when he did, he got the ball to Xhaka. Xhaka played it back to him, which if that's Partey, you've got no problem because Partey just moves across, gets the ball, shifts it out wide. Jorginho couldn't get there. They get the ball around about the edge of the circle, the half halfway circle, and that's a fabulous goal. And it just, I mean, I'm not going to slate Ramsdale for it. I'm not going to do any of that because if he hits that ball 100 times, 99 times, it either goes over wide or into Ramsdale's arms. This one was perfect. It was, yeah, a really nice goal. It dropped like, you know, six inches under the crossbar. I mean, you, you couldn't ask for a, for a better strike there for the sporting player. And I, uh, yeah, I, I can't emphasize enough how much I, I don't blame Ramsdell for it. Um, we've talked uh, a lot of times about how this playing out from the back is going to, you know, um, cost us every now and then, but what it gives us is so much more. And you can't ask a goalkeeper like Ramsdale just to be standing on his line all the time. Um, I have no problem with it, and I, I just a perfect strike, really. No, you can't be a pressing team if your goalkeeper is going to stand on the line, right? We talked right. about this a couple of months ago in yeah. terms of the problems that Spurs and Manchester United have got with their goalkeepers, where their goalkeepers don't like coming off their line. 
you can't be a pressing team if that's what you're going to do. We play high, the goalkeeper comes high. And I hate to break it to everyone, but this ain't the last time Ramsdale's going to get lobbed because no. he's, he's starting position, he's so high, and this is going to happen every now and again. It doesn't happen very often. It just doesn't happen in football very often. You might see this once every three or four years, but you are going to see it occasionally because this is how we play. We keep that line high. And if you're going to have that high line, your goalkeeper has to have a high starting position. It's, it's yep. just kind of the way it is. So they were the goals. Um, the penalty shootout, honestly, if I was going to... And I don't want to attach blame to Ramsdale because at the end of the day, it's a penalty. Um, 77% of penalties are scored. You should score the penalty as a, as a taker. But Ramsdale got close to... He got close to all of them, actually. Um, but two of them he got particularly close to. And the third penalty, where he got his paws on it, I thought... I think you'll be disappointed, don't you, not to have kept at least one of them out, especially that third one. I do, yeah, especially that one. Um, to dive the right way, get both hands on it, and still let it go through. Yeah, I mean, I, he's probably, you know, playing that over and over in his head today. Yeah, and the other one low to his right where he went over the top of it. He, he's not going to be happy when he sees that back either. Uh, yeah. But like I said, it's not it's not a thing for massive blame because he's a goalkeeper and a penalty shootout. So, you know, a goalkeeper can't really be a villain in a penalty shootout. You can only be the hero. That's just how it is. And I think it, it's just one of things. You know, next time he'll probably keep both of them out. I expect big Dave Seaman's going to be on the training ground next week going with him because he's the, the best there's ever been at that. So, yeah. you know, it, it's something he, he's, you know, he's only 24. There's going to be more shootouts to come for Arsenal and probably for England. So I'm sure he'll get better at that. Um, again, Martinelli. It's just a miss. You know, I've got no, there's, there's enough, no blame to be apportioned here, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, he, he, he had a, a hard fought 120 minutes. Um, you know, he was one of the ones that I feel like was going a hundred percent pretty much the whole time. Well, he got I, rough treatment as well. Like one, did, one yep. thing that I think he's worth talking about, I, I thought the referee had a poor game and I, I don't mean a poor game as in, Oh my God, he should have sent three players off. He's cost us the tie. I just think he had a poor game in general. He seemed to be letting some stuff go, not letting others go. And Martinelli got whacked three or four times that was allowed to go. He got an elbow into the side of the head. And again, I'm not screaming red card or anything like that. But it's an absolute foul. And he's just waving play on. Yeah. Yeah, there was there was quite a few of those. And and uh, I know I know he's not a very popular ref in uh, La Liga, uh, Le Haas. Um pretty inconsistent uh usually he's card happy um so i you know i i don't know yeah it seems like he could have done more to prevent some of that treatment though for sure yeah it was i don't know it just wasn't uh it just didn't seem to be a very controlled performance from from a ref at all um it was it was disappointing i i think the way the way he ref the game he lost control of it so to break down some of the more individual player performances, let's start with the good, first of all. Okay. Odegaard. When Odegaard came on, I mean, that is the definition of a game changer, right? He he didn't come on until what was what what was it, a minute into in into extra um just before extra time, or was it actually in extra time? He was the extra time substitute, right? Yeah, yeah. We'd already yeah. used five, I believe, and he was yeah. the one. Yeah, so the plan was we didn't want to use him. I think that mm-hmm. was clear. Um, but when he came on, what a difference he makes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, huge impact player uh, for us. And, uh, I mean, you, you could just tell. I, I mean, I don't want to uh, 
you know, switch to another um, player or anything. But I think also a big reason why it was such a difference is he was replacing maybe the poorest one on the night too in Vieira, um, you know, who, who, who wasn't really giving us anything. And I think uh, uh, the, the stark difference between the two players was just even more evident when Odegaard came on. Um, yeah, there's a discussion to be had here around Vieira as well, because for the last couple of weeks, he's actually been pretty good. I mean, we uh-huh. all said it. We all said he was unlucky not to keep his place last weekend. I thought he'd been growing into the game more and more. Last night, given the role of being the main man, he definitely shrunk. Yeah. Um, they had players around him. He looked slow. His decision-making didn't look on. But one thing, he has never looked convincing on the right-hand side of that midfield. Have you noticed mm-hmm. that? I think he looks more convincing in on the left-hand side of the pitch. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, I think one game, was it was it Brentford? I Now, I, I can't remember 100%. The one that... Uh, he well, that's came, when he come on a sub and scored, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. What Didn't he... He replaced Odegaard there and was on the right side. I think that's the... Uh, if I remember correctly, I believe that was the only game I can remember him being decent in that one. Everything else, it's it's been him coming in from the left. I think he's done a lot better. And he he seems to me more of like... Um, I, I don't want to say a, a luxury player, but he he seems more like um a, like a foil player. He doesn't like being the main guy. He just seems like a kind of like uh like an extra piece onto it, like a little extra piece of quality that you're going to get. But he's not the he's not the conductor to use the term we've used before. Well, that's a problem in these makeshift sides, though, and this is one of the things with the Europa League, especially when you're making five and six changes, you're getting a very very bitty kind of team. Do you know what I mean? You're not yeah. getting, it's not like he's coming in and playing with starters. He's coming in, he's got Jorginho behind him. He's got Reese Nelson at wide of him on the right. He had Tommy Asso at right back at first. Um, although obviously that didn't last very long. Um, so I think the supporting cast also probably doesn't help him there. It doesn't give him the support. It doesn't give him the platform that he needs. But I just I just wonder if there's something to that, that he's just more comfortable on the left-hand side of the pitch. I mean, I know when we bought him, there was the whole thing, he can play anywhere across the front line, he can do this, he can play in all these positions. I'm just not sure how, tr- how, how true that is. Do you know what I mean? Something else I was thinking about too, and I don't necessarily know if this played a huge role last night, but it, I, I believe it was his first time playing with Jesus as well. Um, we know Jesus likes to occupy that space more on the left, you know, like uh, interacting with Martinelli more. And I just wonder if that kind of gave a little hole in front of Vieira that he didn't really know what to do with. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. Because Eddie, Eddie tends to cheat more over to the right. And I thought Trossard, uh, well, Trossard does a good job going both ways. Um, but, um, you know, I, I wonder if that affected him too, just the unfamiliarity of working with Jesus and Jesus cutting, kind of cheating over more to that left side as well. Yeah, possibly. It was it was definitely a struggle for him on the night. I'm not ready to throw him in the trash can yet, like some people are this morning, but it, it definitely it definitely wasn't his wasn't his finest hour. You you know, you really wanted to see him come in and take that game by the scruff of the neck last night. He's you know, we've we've said again and again. He's the replacement for Odegaard. I'll admit I am starting to doubt that now. Although I will say this, Martin Odegaard is the best player in England at the moment. He's one of the best players in the world. 
And I think the gap between him and whoever fills in for him is always going to be big. I, I just don't think there's any anything there. So I don't think it's fair to sit there and say he's not Martin Odegaard. But I, I do wonder whether he's, like you, cut out to play that pivotal role in the team. Yeah, it's going to be one to watch. Uh, I, I'm with you. I'm not... Um... I'm not coming down really critical on him or anything. Um, but, uh, and you know, I, it makes me wonder too, um, and I'm not judging just based on the sporting game or anything, but I, I do wonder if he's actually going to be the uh, Odegaard backup or if he's only been filling in that role more since Smith Rowe's been injured and, you know, what role Smith Rowe's going to have in that. Um, so it'll just kind of be one to watch. Uh I don't feel that great about Vieira just stepping in and trying to fill Odegaard's shoes, though. No, for sure. And I did think there was an option last night of playing him in, in Saka's position and playing Nelson instead of Martinelli. Mm-hmm. I, I think that um, I think you know we said before that that Arteta wanted to go strong and at the same time he wanted to protect a couple of his key pieces. And and I think the key pieces to this are, are Thomas Partey and Martin Odegaard. So mm-hmm. I, I, I understand why why he did what he did from the start. So another player that didn't cover himself in glory last night and a player whose faults I thought were were very much on show was Jorginho. Um, He played a couple of good passes early on, but this problem with him not being able to run, and when I say not being able to run, I mean he cannot run. And it's a massive issue for us. There were a couple of times that players just run past him and he just stands and watches them because he just can't catch them. And this is what worried me when we signed him. It's what worries me whenever he has to fill in, even in the games when he's been good, and there's been a couple of games where he's been good, he gets run past, and he gets run past again and again and again. And I think last night that really, really took a toll on our back line. It it kept Zinchenko in that left half space more than he wanted to be. Yeah. And it it really took a toll. We've got to work out a permanent replacement there, right? Yeah, I think the the good news with that is that I think that is going to be uh, addressed, you know, this summer. Um, it's one of the positions that I think, you know, I'm I'm 99% sure we are going to address it. You know, there's rumors. Well, we we looked at uh, Caicedo in the in January, and there's a lot of rice rumors. Jorginho, to me, at least I'm hoping, was just a, a stopgap to get us through the rest of this season. So it makes me not worry about it too much. Um, but I I I need party to stay fit. That's that's for sure. Yeah, for sure. And you know, and he, you know, we've said it all along. He is an upgrade on Sambi. That's for sure. Sambi's confidence was shot. I'm not convinced that Sambi's a, a six anyway. Um, but he's definitely an upgrade on Sambi there on the ball, and he's an upgrade on Sambi positionally too. Yeah. But that lack of athleticism. Like I personally, I don't believe that he's particularly an upgrade on El Nene. I think he might be an upgrade on... He, he is an upgrade on El Nenny when we've got the ball. Without yeah. the ball, I don't think he is an upgrade on, on El Nenny. Um, but obviously, El Nenny wasn't an option. He's out. His Arsenal career's coming to an end. Fine. But yeah, it wasn't It wasn't a good night for uh, for Jorginho. Um, and let's touch on the, the two early subs too, because I, I think this changed the game. Because we had to use two substitutes in the first 25 minutes. First of all, the one that looked pretty bad was Tommy Asu, and we have no real news on any of these injuries yet. We're going to have to wait and see the scan, but it looked, best-case scenario, like a hyperextension of the knee, um, which is generally a three- to six-week injury, and I'm hoping that's what it is and nothing more serious. 
Saliba, I heard today that it was back spasms. I did too. Um, and it might be something that's like literally no problem at all, which I I hope is the case. But those substitutes, those early substitutions, it really changed the game, didn't it? Because I think the plan was for Jesus to play 60 minutes. Um, and that got blown out of the water straight away because we've used two subs in the first 20 minutes and now we've only got one substitution window and half time left. So we yep. couldn't do what we wanted to do. Yeah, I think it affected a lot. You know, I also think it's the reason uh, we didn't see Smith Rowe on the night. Um, it really just unfortunate stuff, though. I mean, you know, there's not a lot you can do about it. Uh, I'm, I'm just glad we we do actually have a decent bit of depth now to where our on-the-field performance didn't drop off, you know, that bad. It, it it didn't. I mean, we were already playing pretty badly, but it it, it really true. didn't make uh, it really didn't make much of much of a difference to the to the way we were playing. But I I do think it definitely changed the game with the way that the substitutions were. Um, obviously, that was two extra substitutions. I think you're right. We would have seen Emil Smith Rowe. I also think we'd have seen Erdegaard earlier um, had we had that had we had that extra sub. I, I get why he brought Partey on because we were so out of control. And Partey really didn't bring that much control to the game. He didn't. Um, yeah, he it, didn't. it really, you know, usually you bring him on, he shuts it down, and it just didn't happen last night. And I think, you know, what you said earlier about, I think players try to win every game, but I also think this group of players know that Sunday is a lot more important than last night was. Yeah. And I don't think you can get it out of your head. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. No, no, I know exactly what you mean. I mean, you, you know, We've watched them, you know, every game this season, you, you know, you, you can tell you, you start to have a, a an eye for, you know, who can do what. And, and it, it just, you know, not to say any of them were like half-assing it or anything. That's not what I mean. But you could just tell they were playing a little bit more within themselves. Um, I mean, it, it just looked obvious in, in most of the players last night, you know. Yeah, it did. I agree with you. I think mm-hmm. that, uh, and, and again, I, I think it's just one of them things is human nature and it, it can't be helped when you're, if this had been a semi-final. I think it would have been different. Yeah. But in in around a sixteen, you're so far away from the ultimate prize, and in the Premier League, we're ten wins away from a title. Um, which just you know, when you've already got two thirds of the season gone, that yeah. feels so close. So yeah. I think it's it's natural that it was that it was like that. Um, other than that, on the night, I thought Reese looked reasonably bright without causing any damage. Um, yeah. That did you see that that uh that like three four touch thing he had to get out of trouble? Um, it was just a moment, nothing nothing crazy, but he got a, a like a pretty hard pass to him, and he 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 had like three four touches with two defenders around him to get out of trouble and drop it back. It was a nice little move, uh, just showing his technical ability. Yeah, I, I think he's got that in abundance, and you know we <laughs> said last week. My my feeling is he won't sign a new deal. My feeling is he's going to go. Um, and I, I think you, I think as this season goes on, I think his opportunities are going to get less and less. I think last night was probably his last big chance. Um, because I certainly don't see him starting another league game between now and the end of the season if he's if we're not in debt, dire straits, and you know, half player because of injury. So, I, I think, oh, go ahead. Sorry, go on. No, no, go. I was just going to say, I think the one thing that may save him, at least for the rest of the season, I tend to agree with you. I don't really see why he'd resign just for his own career. But I think something that's going to help him out 
this season is the fact that uh Trossard's done so good in the in the false nine role, even better than I thought he would. I can see him I think I think Eddie might actually suffer the most um out of our attacking players when he's back. Now, you know, just a feeling, you know, I'm not an expert or anything on it, but but I think uh Trossard seems way more uh like analogous with with Jesus to fill in in that role and I could see Reese still filling in on the wings with, you know, instead of Trossard I think I think Eddie's minutes are the ones that's going to suffer for the rest of the, the season. Stuart, I think we've got 11 games left, and my feeling is without injuries, we will pretty much see the same 11 every single game. I, I, I just honestly, I don't think he's going to make a single um, a single change by choice other than our old favourite, Trossard and Martinelli. Beyond that, I think this team is Ramsdale, it's White, it's Zinchenko, it's Saliba, it's Gabriel, it's Partey, it's Xhaka, it's Odegaard, it's Saka, it's Martinelli or Trossard, and it's Jesus. I think that is, bar an injury, the side for the next 11 games. Yeah, you're you're probably right there, yeah. But I, I do wonder if he's going to look at, um, you know, different players for different situations too, you know what I mean? For subs, I mean. Off um, the bench. Yeah, off the bench. Yeah, uh, we we it, I think it's going to be um, that's going to be dependent on game state, isn't it? it, it yeah, game state. Yeah. And and you know I agree. Reese is still going to be in the thoughts for that. I just think that's going to get less and less as this tightens up. I think he's going to be less and less inclined to move away from the eleven that he trusts. And yeah. I think I think that's it. And you know, one other word on the on the starting lineup more than anything else yesterday. It was um, interesting that that Kieran Tierney doesn't start again in a game where you're kind of thinking, you know, Zinchenko's had some injuries and, and I actually, I actually thought we might start Tommy Asu at, uh, at left back and Ben White at right back, but it was, uh, I mean, it's just a, another, it's, it's the final now in the coffin, right? Oh yeah. For me, uh, I, I disagreed with you in pause when you were talking about it uh, two, three, four weeks ago, but I've, I've really come around. I think if he doesn't, he doesn't start or he doesn't even come on really last night. It's, it, it doesn't look good for tyranny. I think there's a very uh, large lack of trust in that player. Um, yeah. I just, I just don't think he's an Arteta player and I don't think he, he ever has been. I mean, I've said this from the very start. I, I think Arteta's tried to move on from Tierney from, from the start. I mean, he replaced him with Tavares and it wasn't until, Tavares was so bad we couldn't continue with him that Tierney came back in the side last year. So I, I think it's just a case of Tierney is a bomb down the left and throw crosses in kind of guy and Arteta does not want to play that way. He's yeah. limited as a footballer and that is not what Arteta's looking for. Yeah, I mean it I mean that's becoming more and more evident, I would say. Uh man, you know, I, I still I still like Tierney and I think one on one defensively he's still a he's still a good player, a good defensive player. Um but yeah, uh, offensively I think that's where it hurts him and I, I just I don't think Arteta wants to play to that skill set at all. Yeah. No, well he doesn't play a left back. He play, he plays Zinchenko. Yeah, yeah, that's so, true. So, you know, he's got no interest in having an actual left back. And and that's that really is the that really is the crux of it. That's that's what it comes down to. So I think we I think last night we definitely saw the end. If if you didn't know it was there already, I think I think now you now you do. Um and the other interesting one, I do wonder if Matt Turner might have played his last game for us as well. Because I wouldn't be surprised to see Matt Turner move on in the summer. 
Yeah, yeah, you you might be right. I look. I mean, we're not we're not really tight on this. I don't think last time I looked, but I just um. I don't care for burning like a non-homegrown, like an international slot on a on your second, you know, your your B team keeper. Uh, well, he's an international goalkeeper as well, and the 2026 World Cup is in the US. He cannot go through another year and play three games. He can't do it. I think the reason for him moving to Arsenal, I don't think he ever thought that he was going to oust Aaron Ramsdale. But I think the reason for him moving to Arsenal is one because he loves Arsenal, and who wouldn't want the chance to play there for a season? But it's also a route into Europe. And I think his next move, he's going to be looking to go somewhere in Germany and France and Spain, wherever it, wherever it is. And I just, I really think that that's going to be something that he's going to look into in the summer, you know? Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I definitely think he is, he's good enough to play for, a, a you know, somewhere in Europe in, in one of the, the, the top five leagues for sure. And I think uh, this little stint at Arsenal got him in the, Got him in the window. Yeah, and I think that's what it is. I, you know, I'm not saying he's a he's a bad goalkeeper. I'm not even saying that he's not good enough for us. But I mean, Arteta clearly doesn't have a level of trust in him to play in a game like last night. Where you know, I, personally, I would have started him last night. I didn't see the need to start Ramsdale last night. I would have started Turner. But if Arteta isn't starting Turner in that one, I think he must know that the jig is up. Um, and for his own sake, he has to play games. You know what's interesting about that is, <laughs> you know, this is this is uh, completely hypothetical. But I do wonder Turner probably would have been closer on his line to stop that to to to, to grab that goal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he probably would. He probably wouldn't have saved the one that Ramsdale saved of his face, though. Yeah, probably not. That was uh, yeah. that was an incredible bit of goalkeeping to come out and stay that big. I thought that was, uh, yeah, that was an incredible bit of goalkeeping. But yeah, I just, I, I think it's, I think it's quite clear that you know the players that that didn't play last night, with the exception of people like Kivior, who's only just come into the team. But with with Tierney and, and with with Turner, they are games that they would expect to play, and I think both of them are going to be pretty disappointed that they they didn't get that chance last night. Yeah, yeah, I think you're probably right. What about uh, what about what about holding? Well, what was your thought? I thought he actually came I in. I thought and... Holding did pretty well. Yeah, same. On. I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't want to see him in league games. Um, but uh, Holding's one of these players that he comes in and he he just he doesn't let you down. Yeah. You, know, you don't want to play him three games in a row because the third game is the game where it's all going to go haywire. But, yeah. you know, we bring him on for 20 minutes. You throw him into a game when he ain't played in three months. He just doesn't let you down. He's a solid defender. And I've, I've said this all along, that if he went to a West Ham or an Aston Villa, I think he'd be in the England squad. I do. I think he's a good defender. I don't think he's a high-line defender. I think he would be better off in a side that play more of a low block. Yeah. Um, but I do think that he's good enough that if he was to to move on to somewhere else, I'd, I think he could he could make the England squad. Hmm. And that's one of the reasons as well for the last couple of years, I've been wondering if he's going to move on, not because us, because let's be honest, he's behind Saliba. Whoever's behind Saliba, he's not going to play many games. So having yeah. someone like Holden, he's kind of perfect for that. And I think what, what last night showed you as well, we made five changes. It still didn't look like a particularly weak side, but this is why these dreams of having 22 international players, it's just a fallacy. Like you can't do it. You cannot have someone like Rafinha 
backing up Bukayo Saka. You just can't yeah. do it. He's, he's not going to be happy playing four games a season. You know, you need someone like Trossard that can play in multiple positions across the front line to be the first man in, or Tommy Asu at the, the back, although I'd prefer if Tommy Asu wasn't injured all the time. But yeah. it's, um, you know, I think you need more like that. And then the, as you go deeper, you get more players like Rob Holding who are happy just to be there. Yeah. Yeah, I have to agree. I I, I think... um. For his for his own career sake, we may see Rob maybe finally uh, cut loose this this uh, summer. But I also think he's one of those players that uh, if he wants to stick around, I don't think the club will have a problem keeping around either. No, I agree. I would have no problem with him sticking around. All right, well let's let's move on real quick and look at uh, look at Palace at the weekend. Um, I think starting lineup wise, I've already told you what I think the starting lineup will be the rest of the season. Um, but I think this is going to be a Trossard game. I think Martinelli will be on the bench. He went one twenty at the uh, last. Yeah. I think Jesus is going to start. I think you'll see Martinelli on on the hour, probably for Jesus and Trossard move into the middle. Are you you kind of on that wavelength? Uh, yeah, I I think so. Yeah, I, yeah, I think Martinelli for sure. He's not going to start. Yeah, that that's my feel as well. He took a bit of a beating last night on on top of everything else. Plus. The missed penalty, which I don't think he's going to be that big a deal. I think he's no. back quick enough from that. Well, how and about so, Palace, real quick? You want to touch on them with their their manager? And their manager, manager? yeah. Their... So we don't get a chance to see uh, to see Paddy, which is a shame on Sunday. Um, their under twenty ones manager, I guess, is who's stepping up to take the game. I don't envisage this being a new manager bounce, Sean Dyche style. Um, I, don't even... I think we, I think we should be, we should be fine with this one, right? I mean, I, he's going to roll out the same team that Vieira was rolling out. I don't see any difference. Yeah, same, same. And then um, they're they're in it with their goalkeeper too. I guess uh, uh, good, good. I have a I struggle with the name. Gaeta, yeah, uh, went down injured, so they've got their under twenty one keeper in as well. Um, yeah, who by all accounts give a uh, give a decent account of himself on on Wednesday night. I didn't okay. see the game, but I, I heard he was actually he was actually okay. Um, yeah, oh, Brighton, right? Honest, that one? Yeah, guy is not exactly Lev Yashin, is he? So, so <laughs> yeah, he's not. Um, you know, he's he's not the best goalkeeper in the league. He's not terrible. You know, he, he's not. Uh, he's not. He's not Melier, but he's not the. Uh, he's not the best keeper in the world either. So <laughs> yeah, I hear Spurs so, is looking at Melier. So oh god, that would be great. <laughs> yeah, so it's you know it's a, it's a it's a it's a must win game Sunday. Yeah. Absolutely, I think that you know we're all in agreement. They're pretty much all must wins now. But I think we. I think we should be all right, and and Jesus being back, he's that he's that ultimate ultimate Philip, right? It's going to give us that push. I really hope so. Yeah, I really hope so. Um, you know, I, I I mean, have you been surprised at how how sharp he's looked considering the time he's been out? I mean, I'm I've been pretty absolutely. Shocked. I was stunned by how good he looked when he came on the other night. I was not expecting it at all. He looks like he's never been away. Yep, he really does. I mean incredible stuff you know uh what about uh you think we'll see smith Rowe? not necessarily start but you think we'll get him off the bench this time i honestly don't know is the answer i i really don't i don't you know you you said to me earlier on that you were you were quite annoyed that he'd been called up to the england under 21 squad again which is kind of silly that he's getting called up for under 21 football but at the same time i'm happy to see him get some games because i just don't see where they're coming that is true. Yeah. And when I thought about it a little more, I think it actually could be to our benefit. I just think, you know, for him to have played what, what's he got like 15 minutes this, this calendar year, you know, to call him up for under 21s just seems a little uh, irresponsible, but like, I think you're right in the long run, him just getting the minutes will probably benefit from down the line. Yeah, I, I think so. I think it's a good thing. All right. So 
let's um, wrap it up here, Judge, because it was always going to be a short one tonight. So have you got yeah. anything else before we wrap up? Uh, no, I don't think so. No? Okay, all right. Well, let's try the Who Am I game then. So oh, man. It's uh, Kettering Town, Borough, Northampton, Crystal Palace, Arsenal, Manchester City, Stockport County, and Corby Town. Who am I? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. It is Eddie McGoldrick. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't going to A George Graham superstar signing. I remember he came into actually a little bit of fanfare. I think we paid like two and a half million quid for him. But uh, yeah, he was uh, he was absolutely terrible. One of the worst players I've ever seen at Arsenal. Mm. See, that's, it, that's a that's a little old for me. I mean, I I was I know I was debating yeah. on, I was debating on whether to do it or not. But Eddie McGoldrick <laughs> is one of my uh, he's one of my favorite punching bags from the past. So I mm. I, I really wanted to uh, I really wanted to get that one in there. Pass didn't get back to me because. Uh, I don't know. He's he's out street racing on the streets of Miami tonight, so he he, he didn't respond to me. Mm. But, um, yeah. Okay, mate. All right. Well, we'll leave it there. Just a short one tonight. Happy St. Patrick's Day, by the way. Yeah, um, yeah. So go get Same. yourself some Guinness and uh, get yourself some Guinness and maybe a couple of Bailey shots. And uh, <laughs> I will catch up with you later on. Goodbye. All right. Sounds good. Good night.